1: Welcome to the Flying Solo podcast, a show for those going it alone in business. I'm your host, Robert Gerrish. Flying Solo is an Australian online community and home to stacks of free resources, discussion forums, professional development tools, and a whole lot more. Find us at flyingsolo.com.au or join us on Facebook. Now, Benita Bench is an interesting woman with a fascinating business. She's based in the bush and helped others build viable businesses. In sometimes very remote locations we start with Benita describing her first venture
0: my first business venture was breeding guinea pigs mm. as a child uh, so these days no no guinea pigs on the in the no scene well look, why, don't, why don't we just
1: start just giving us a little snapshot of um of your business today so where are you, where are you joining us from and what's a, just a little bit of a say, a snapshot of your business
0: Sure. Um, I'm joining you from Gundawindi in Queensland, which is right on the border of New South Wales and Queensland on the McIntyre River. Uh, My business is Sunburnt Country Consulting, and I work with micro and small business owners in rural Australia. So, uh, in the capacity of a, a business coach, and I also do some. Work with businesses, helping them to look at their brand and how they can best communicate that. Mm. Um, in addition, I also do a little bit of training and and speaking around business topics. so well immersed in the in the business scene and and basically passionate about helping people to build the best business they can uh, from their rural location.
1: Fantastic. Well, look, why don't we start off by 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 uh, just looking at some of the the main considerations for people that are, either building a business in the bush or considering moving to the bush. What are some of the things that, you, that you've that you observed over the years that, that you've operated your business and worked with with other businesses in, in rural locations?
0: Robert, I think that the main considerations of starting or running a business in the bush are very similar to running a business anywhere mm-hmm. in terms of knowing your market, uh, knowing your customers, having a clear vision, Having a clear plan uh, with goals and having the resources to carry out those goals, whether they're financial resources or human resources or whatever they may be. Yep. Um, and then staffing a business if if you do have more than one person in your business, having a having a support network is is very important mm. and and then making time to work on your business and continue developing it. So I think those are probably.
1: Fairly Univer- universal, yeah. yeah fairly u- universal, universal business concepts
0: yes. that that are no different. Um, yeah, I
1: guess people. the mm. the um, the point you touched on there about staying connected though and having a network. Um, I mean, do you? I know this is something that you've you know you're you creating um, and have created your own sort of networks. But what do, what do you observe? How do, how are people doing this? People, someone that's maybe running a business from a you know partially or totally remote location. What, what do you think are some of the best ways that people are, are, are staying connected and networked?
0: Well, certainly social media has opened a door for people in the bush to stay more connected and that has been like a breath of fresh air and helps people to deal with the geographic isolation. So... Um, whether that's through Twitter and being connected with business organisations or becoming a part of a Facebook community. Mm-hmm. So I mean from as far as networks go, there there's a there's levels of networks and those can be local from a Chamber of Commerce perspective or um, business groups that may be active in in local or regional areas, uh, through to state groups like rural women's networks or industry bodies, yep. and and then of course there's there's national networks like Fly, Flying Solo, mm-hmm. um, the Future Farmers Network, uh, groups like Business Chicks, where we now have access to those sorts of probably more metropolitan-based organisations through social media. Yep. So so there's there's plenty of opportunities to be involved in networks now. It's just whether people know about them and mm. and then can connect to them. Um, so, yeah,
1: okay. Yeah. So you're saying that basically they they do exist. What we've all we have to do what we have to do is is look for them and and just presumably take a step forward. You know, trial a network. Um, look at some of the resources that are offered by those networks that you mentioned. And then um, I know that when we were sort of chatting a little bit earlier that uh, the use of webinars you're seeing uh, more and more and and must be appealing presumably to to people in remote locations.
0: Oh, it, it absolutely is. And one of the challenges I see for businesses in the bush is access to training and access to resources uh, because m- uh, not not all, some training is, is more metropolitan-based and so the distance and the cost can be prohibitive. So mm. webinars are becoming increasingly common, offered through a whole range of business or industry groups um, and they are making it more accessible for people in the bush to stay connected, networked, and skilled. Mm. And I see. I just see it as being so exciting for, for rural businesses as a way of, and, and particularly for myself as well. I can sit here and dial into a webinar any day of the week and um, feel like I'm maintaining my professional skills and keeping in touch with what's going on.
1: Yeah. And I guess it must be a, a great way for you to connect with your clients, potential clients, you know, for you to, put on one of your gatherings or networking groups, you know, increasingly to do that virtually, to do that via a webinar or a teleclass or a teleconference or something, must just be so appealing to you as a, as a business owner and promoting your services.
0: Yes, Robert. Well, it, it makes it possible. Mm. It makes it possible for me to run my business anywhere in Australia. And I love rural Australia and, and that's where I want to be. So it telecommunications now... As long as you have a good internet connection, which mm. is a major, which is a major challenge for yeah, people in, the, in rural Australia, um, it makes it possible. So, in any given week, um, I could dial into a teleclass that's a global teleclass. The next day, dial into a national webinar, and then tomorrow be on a, a coaching call with a client based in Victoria. Mm. So, it um, it certainly opens up great possibilities, and it's. Um, it's paving the way for business in the bush.
1: Yeah, and I guess for you, you know, given the, for, I know you've been running your business for a while now, and given the focus that you've got, as you look forward, it, it must just be such a, a positive image for you because this is all getting, we hope, <laughs> easier, better, more efficient as we go forward. So it's it's got to be quite a rosy picture, I'd imagine, for you and in, in your business looking forward.
0: Certainly for my business. I, I mean, there are of course businesses who don't have that. Element um, where they where they rely on a, a local population, or for agricultural companies they they still are producing on farm and, and mm-hmm. a market driven type business. So yes, for my style of business it is, uh, and obviously that's not the case for for all rural businesses. Sure. Um, but w- we do struggle a little bit with telecommunications and and in some areas that is it just with the slow roll out of things and. Certainly, in my conversations with business owners, that's a major challenge at mm. times with, with a, a strong internet service and even a mobile phone service. So
1: yeah, that's one of the be. one of the little of challenges. The challenges we face. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, we'll have a look at a few more of those in a moment. But I was just thinking, if you know, if if I were to um, drive a bus through the streets of Sydney or the streets of Melbourne, where there's, uh, we know there are an awful lot of home-based businesses independent professional solo businesses. And if I was driving this empty bus along and filling it up with people to drive out into rural Australia to um, promote their their services out there, who, what sort of people would you want to see on the bus? What do you think are some of the the needs? Where's the gap? Is, it, is there any difference between um, the sort of the learning gap from um, people in the bush to there are people in the in the bigger cities, do you think?
0: I'd love to see some business coaches on that bus. Okay. Right. Okay. I I think that where there's an opportunity for more support in the bush is more one-on-one support. Mm -hmm. Um, There used to be quite a number of business enterprise centres funded by the government in in regional locations, and they still do exist, but the the number is fewer. So. I think that sort of face-to-face, one-on-one support um, or the support that a business coach can give is is probably – it's probably not um, common right, okay. for people to seek out or to know about or to, to access in the bush. I think that's an area where we could improve. Yeah, okay. And, um, and also, the opportunity for peer discussion, I think, is probably more active – in, in more in larger centres or in the cities, where mm, I'd love to see. I guess it's si- natural. I, I,
1: it would be, wouldn't it? Yeah,
0: mm. I mean, obviously, there's a larger population. Yeah. Um, I'd love to see that to to be more popular in in country areas. Yeah. Okay.
1: So again, I guess that's well, that signifies opportunity to anybody listening. Just you know, just leave the Gundawindi area alone because <laughs> <laughs> that's covered. But um, so what you're saying there is for for. Coaches, mentors, consultants, um, there is a, that you see a need. This is by the sound of it as well. There's still a little bit more um, education, I want to sound patronising, but there's still, there's a need for, for I guess, for educating the community to uh, to the, the fact that this these services are available. So there's mm. some promotional opportunities there for people or re- promotional requirements. But it sounds like somebody, some organisation that maybe brings that together, Um, a little bit more could be um, could be something for say for listeners who are not in the bush just to to consider it sounds like an opportunity there so we sort of touched on on challenges we have a few times here any other um, particular challenges that that you observe I mean you've talked about the some of the main things that um, we need to have in place um, for any business I guess to succeed but um, do you see any other things that that um, that particular challenges that, that certainly that you're aware of and that you um, are looking to sort of satisfy in your own services?
0: I think the, our geographic isolation is a challenge for people mm. such, I, I can talk from experience here, yeah. having run my business from mostly living on the land on properties which are from can be quite a distance from town. So, and particularly for soloists who, like me, who work on their own, that it can be quite isolating and Mm. lonely at times. So, I think, as I mentioned, the, the type of support that a business coach can offer over the phone is is so invaluable yep. and and also having knowledge of what networks are available and tapping into those networks is also invaluable. So yes, the, the isolation can be a challenge mm. um, and also I suppose in smaller towns where population is smaller, then if your business is drawing from a local um, customer base, then you, you do have – you are a little bit limited in that that sure. your um, – and also – People are, can find it difficult to get staff in the bush yep. um, because they may not wish to live in, the, in that particular location. So, um, and I mean these are these are generalisations. It's not mm. going to be the case in every town, of course. But it's those are a couple of things that can be can be challenging. And I know it's probably cha- challenging to staff a business anywhere at times.
1: Yeah, but I guess um. <laughs> there, are, there are some unique challenges there and, and mm. um, do you see uh, uh, more and more businesses using virtual support, using virtual assistants to um, undertake work for them? Do you have any observations there?
0: Yes, v- virtual administration support, certainly uh, businesses that use graphic design services, that's done remotely. Yeah. Um, so, I do, yes, I do see more of a an outsourcing mentality and having access to anyone all around the world to to assist you with your business. Mm. Um, so, yeah, I, I do see that, Robert.
1: Yeah, and to, I've got two other particular things that just spring to mind with your, your own business. When you, you know, your proposition is very much um, I'm based in the bush, and I support businesses in the bush. It's your passion. It's your you know. It's what you've you spent many years um, being experienced in. When you mm. when you're when somebody sort of comes across you for the first time, whether it's um, whether it's face to face or on the phone or they're coming via email or whatever. Do you find that there's a, there is a there is an immediate connection because you are based in the bush? As you say, you know, as you've kind of indicated, some of the services that you're offering are services that people could be offering from any location. But do you find that people really sort of resonate with you because you get it, you've been there, you're doing it yourself?
0: Yeah, I think so. It's not always an immediate connection, but they, they do, I feel... I hope and I think Mm. feel a sense of trust that I get where they're at.
1: Yeah, okay. Yeah, I would look, I would imagine that would be a big thing. I just, I'm assuming it would. It's one of those things where you can, on the one hand, anyone listening can be hearing you talking about things that sound as if, well, I could do that from where I am. It's no different. But Mm. the truth is, there's still very little beats real experience someone who's really sat there and worked and worked on a farm or worked on a property and and understands distance and understands isolation i've got one one other question i wanted to ask you um, sort of finally is that how do you handle it when somebody rings you gets in contact with you and says benita i'd love to talk to you about um, marketing my business, and by the way, I'm 187 kilometres away. How do you how do you cope with that? You know, they want to have a meeting with you. Perhaps. What's your sort of strategy? How do you handle handle distance yourself?
0: If we decide that a face to face meeting would be beneficial or necessary, it's usually a case of when I'm passing through next.
1: <laughs> All right.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, because can be quite costly to make a special trip unless I felt mm. it was really worthwhile or yep. they were willing to contribute to the, to funding that. Okay. Um, it's, yeah, generally it can be, um, I'm coming through there in a couple of weeks or a month and I'll swing by and... Oh,
1: okay. Well, that's <laughs> um, interesting. Cause, and I guess, there again, there must be a mutual understanding that uh, you know whereas in a city it's it's more that there is to a degree an expectation um to some extent with a potential client that you know you will get out of your office and and be willing to go across town perhaps or meet in the mm. middle you know it must be very different there but i guess there is this understanding much much more so that Yes, there's a great deal of distance, and 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 you know that that there is a mutual um, sort of valuation of time that yes. perhaps doesn't exist in quite the same same way in in cities.
0: And of and of course, there are times where it's just not feasible or viable to, to do that. And, and I have clients that I've never met, mm. that I've dealt with for a long time over the phone. Uh, uh, then on the other hand, of course, if it's if it's a mutual agreement to fund it because we feel it's worthwhile, then then we will. We'll yeah, jump of course. On a, I'll, I'll jump yeah. on a plane or, or drive eight hours or whatever needs to be done yeah. so um yeah it's it is a different way of thinking yeah well look, i, I gotta
1: guess. say i'm gonna i'm i'm dying to try it out next time i get a call i'm gonna go yeah look i'm i'm passing through your way in a couple of weeks you <laughs> know even though it might be the end of the street <laughs> i just think i can have some fun with that anyway look Benice, thank you thank you so much and that's where we'll leave this show from flying solo i'm robert gerrish and we hope you'll join us next time If you're looking to start a business or rejuvenate the one you're in, you'll find heaps of resources at flyingsolo.com.au and a supportive community on our forums and Facebook. Thanks for listening.